If you have your Bibles, Bible apps, we are going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And if I were to ask you this question, what makes a good leader in the church, how would you answer? Uh, what characteristics, what qualities, what skill set would come to mind? How you answer that question is important because how you answer that question is going to dictate a couple things. One, it's going to dictate how you personally lead, how you exercise leadership yourself in the church. But it's also going to affect how you re respond and react to leaders, how you relate to leaders, the way that you assess good leadership and the way that you attempt to engage with leaders. And so having a good category, having good categories for how you answer the question, what makes a good leader in the church, is important. If those categories are off, then how you personally lead will be off. And if their categories are off and how you relate to leaders, how you relate to leaders will be unhealthy. And so it's important for us to have this in mind. Let me give you an example here. Let's say your category of healthy leadership, of good leadership, was shaped by the army. And so that no-nonsense drill instructor that yelled you into being a good soldier, or maybe the platoon sergeant that demanded discipline and precision and you never questioned orders and he didn't give a flip about your emotions. Now imagine that is your category of good leadership and then you, you tried to apply that to running a daycare. And I think we could admit, hey, maybe there would be some, some good things about that, but we largely would see that that is entirely broken. That is a wrong way to lead a daycare. I mean, can you imagine Jake White running a daycare? I mean, you can could, could name it like Jake's house or Jake's daycare and jungle training. I can tell you this much. It would be the safest daycare in the history of daycares. That place would be locked down. Your kids would be well taken care of. They may come home crying every day, but they would be safe. We recognize that a poor category of leadership affects us personally, how we would exercise leadership. It also affects the way we relate to leaders and assess leaders. Imagine you're a parent and your category of good leadership was shaped by the army. You would look at what was happening and go, hey, my kid needs some discipline. And they don't need their feelings coddled, and you would completely miss that that's probably not a healthy way to run a daycare. And so our categories are important. And look, for all the ways worldly wisdom can infect the church, one of the worst is how it can affect leadership. And this is what we see in the church of Corinth. The worldly wisdom was shaping how they practiced leadership, and so you had people using leadership as a way to gain image and status and standing in the church. Worldly wisdom was affecting the way the church was looking at the Apostle Paul. And so some idealized Paul. They put him on a pedestal. They found their identity in him, while others criticized him. And they criticized him through the lens of worldly wisdom. They didn't think that he was prestigious enough or had a good enough image or successful enough. And do we not see that happening today in the world and in our, in our church contexts? Too often worldly wisdom affects our categories, and it does damage to the church. And this is why we need God's word to shape us, our, our categories, our minds, our hearts when it comes to leadership. And the words of the Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians 4 verses 1 through 5 are important. And here's the main idea for us this morning. Leaders in the church are stewards, accountable to God. Leaders in the church are stewards and they are accountable to God. A pretty simple point for us but one that is so, so important. Look, First City Church, healthy leadership, a healthy leadership culture, uh, us relating to leaders in a healthy way are so important, but the only way that is gonna happen, 
The only way that there's going to be health in the church and the way that we lead and relate to leaders is if God's word shapes our minds and our hearts. And so I pray through his word and by his spirit this morning, he would shape us as we seek to build a gospel-centered, a gospel-formed church culture built on the wisdom of God. And so let's unpack this statement for this morning. First, let's consider that leaders are stewards. In verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes this, This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So what is the biblical way to view leaders as servants and stewards? Several weeks ago, we looked at the category of servant when we were looking at 1 Corinthians 5, verses 5 through 9. And so I want to focus primarily this morning on this category of stewardship. Leaders are stewards. And so the word steward in the Greek literally means household manager. And so in the ancient world, if you were a family of relative wealth, you usually had a steward who was a servant or a slave who was put in charge of the home and the family and kind of the activity of the home and the economics of the home in order to make sure that everything ran smoothly and was profitable. And so we're, we're a little bit removed from the concept of steward, but to kind of give us a picture of what this looks like, I want to use the example of Mr. Carson and Tom Branson from the, the, the TV show Downton Abbey. Now, if you've never seen Downton Abbey, I feel sorry for you. But anyway, let's, let's look at Mr. Carson and Tom Branson. Carson is the butler. He was the butler on the show. And so he would oversee the household servants. He was in charge of making sure that the house ran smoothly. And so whether it was the daily schedule or whether it was the servants doing their jobs, whether it was the cooking, uh, whatever it had to do with sort of the house, Carson oversaw that part. And then Tom Branson was the one who helped Lord Grantham and Lady Mary manage the estate. He was overseeing the tenant farmers and the agricultural production. He was making sure that their land was profitable. So if you take Mr. Carson and Tom Branson and kind of combine those two roles into one, you sort of get an idea of what a steward was to do. The, The master of the house put the steward in charge of the things that were most precious and important to him in order that the family and the household ran smoothly, was successful, and was profitable. This was a position that was tremendously important. It was invested with a ton of responsibility and a ton of trust. And so for a steward, caring for what had been entrusted to them was of the utmost importance. Look, their life, their role, their responsibilities, any authority that was given to them was not for themselves. It was given in order that they may serve the master of the house. It was given to them in order that they would take care of what had been entrusted to them. And so this is the thing that I loved about Carson on the TV show. Carson was absolutely committed to the honor of the Crowley family. Like everything that he did, all of his role, all of his responsibility, he gave his very life to see that the household was run well and it was known for its dignity and its honor. 